0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Roto Experts Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock, joined today by Michael Leone. And in this episode of the podcast, we just thought, you know, we should probably sit down and instead of just having conversations about best ball leagues in our own little private chat, uh, we we should bring some of what we've been talking about and working on to the subscribers. So the, the idea today is we're going to talk about roster construction in best ball and probably like a little bit of player
1: values and stuff
0: as well. But uh, Mike, how are you doing, buddy?
1: I'm doing well. Uh, as I've been doing more of the best ball championship, and it's very specific to the best ball championship, not like your regular flat payout leagues that you would do on draft, not the slow drafts, but the best ball championships, whether I think it's the mini, the regular, the mega, uh, any of those. I think there's some validity to getting weird and I guess we'll go through some strategies that might seem weird and really stupid at first glance, but uh, we think create the type of ceiling that if it breaks right, you know, you could actually win one of these things because it's a pretty daunting task to win one.
0: Well, I guess the first thing I want to, I want to address is what do you and I consider to be the most optimal lineup construction? Because I actually think Drew and I disagree about this, but I think very clearly the right roster construction in draft best balls, which is no kicker, no defense, and that's different than the FFPC best balls. But I I believe the right strategy is two quarterbacks, six running backs, seven wide receivers, and three tight ends.
1: I think it's two, seven, seven, two. Uh, But I think there's some variability based on, The strength. Like I like going two, seven, seven, two, because I generally draft a lot of receivers early. And I usually get one pretty good tight end and an okay second tight end. If I was drafting like Eifert, Doyle, and somebody, I'd take three tight ends. But I just usually don't find myself in that situation. And I know a lot of people think you should take more receivers than running backs, but if you're going full zero RB, I'm trying to get really lucky at running back and you know, assuming that if I'm taking, you know, five six receivers in the first seven, eight rounds, that, you know, I don't need eight of them. Um, but I go two, six, eight, two more than I go three tight ends. I don't go So I, I, I think
0: the reason that I go three tight ends very often is that if I don't take Travis Kelsey, I'm probably not taking a tight end until Jack Doyle. Like a lot of the times, I, like a, a, a tight end trio that I found myself having because it works with my quarterback stacks is I, w- I will go, uh, you know, Jack Doyle or Greg Olson, and then I'll follow him up with Jason Witten and Ricky Seals-Jones because Witten matches the stack with Dak. Ricky Seals-Jones matches the stack with Kyler, and those are guys that I draft a lot.
1: Yeah, I think you should probably be taking more uh, – y- y- Do you more good down- tight ends? I know people are down. Yeah, good tight ends. I know people are down on Ertz. I've stopped taking him at like the two three turn, but he's lasted to the three four turn a few times. I, I
0: actually, I actually just this morning in the five dollar took him in, uh, took him at the four hundred one because I, I had the turn, I had the wrap.
1: Ertz and Kittle are really hard for me because systemically for best ball, I think jumping on them makes sense, but our projections for like a regular redraft league have them as vastly overrated. So it's a really difficult. I know, think kind we of could marry. end up
0: being it's light
1: on the, It's Yeah, it's very possible, but it's hard to, like, marry the concepts of, like, structurally. I think it's – because the thing with the top tight end, when they go off on a week, there's, there's only, like, four or five tight ends that can even reach a certain ceiling weekly. Whereas, yeah, Nuke in round one has this insane ceiling, but if you take nine receivers or something and some big play guys late, like – Robert Foster one week could go five one hundred two like it could happen. It's not likely, but tight end it's just not happening. Like if you take three crap tight ends, it's not going to equate to the ceiling week, right? You, it helps you get usable weeks by having yeah. You you probably like like you
0: think in your head like oh you know I'm getting good spiked week potential, but in reality what you're getting is you're getting very good odds that one of them will go four catches for forty four yards. Like you're you're not getting you're not getting good odds of a twenty five point game at all.
1: Yeah, and that's why I, I like Kittle at the two three turn, Ertz three four turn, and you know at five six turn I like OJ Howard Hunter Henry. You know I've so I have a so few so H-
0: Henry that. Henry I have fourth in my rankings. Our projections really like him. Henry yeah. is the one guy that I do really like to take, and I guess. Given how high the projections are and how high my rankings are on the Tampa Bay offense,
1: I should be more I mean, into O'K Howard. Howard. You've got Howard t- tight end five our projections. Yeah, right six, I I, I
0: I think maybe I would say that I that's not a ranking that I have like mega confidence in, so I don't take him there a ton.
1: Yeah, that's fair, but I I do think like he is a guy that can have nuts weeks, you know, especially if someone goes down, whether it's Godwin or Evans. You know, yeah. i mean, if
0: we if if we are right, but, if our projections are right about the Tampa Bay offense, which I think they are, I mean, oJ Howard's gonna have a, a insane like a couple crazy spike tweaks.
1: Yeah. so anyways, that's why I generally am only two tight ends and you might be three more often. But I think in general, we' you know we're talking this same type of build, you know, two quarterbacks, two to three tight ends, six to eight, you know, I guess you could say, five to seven running backs and six to eight receivers like that's your generic build for a regular team so yeah my i lean
0: lean the three tight ends not like even even more like honestly just because of the stacking like it's just it's just because some of those like gerald everett a lot of those guys are just like real like stack fillers
1: yeah and my thought process for well, I we we both just started a draft. I started one too. I didn't tell you to kind of talk through this, and I got the second. Oh my pick
0: gosh, we're, we're in the same one.
1: Uh, are we really?
0: We really are.
1: Well, no, we're not.
0: We are. Oh, yeah, I'm we looking are. at your screen name right now.
1: Well, 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 well. This should be interesting.
0: <laughs> this will be. This will be really interesting. And uh, so I am so, at the. This is really interesting. I'm at the 6th pick and no one and Zeke and DJ are both still there.
1: Yeah, so Zeke people are I'm, like I'm I'm
0: taking I'm taking Zeke. I'm I'm going to I I this this might look hilarious. This could be freezing cold takes. I think there's a very good chance Zeke plays 16 games.
1: Yeah. So let's you know, circling back to the whole point circling of the podcast, back. which is weird roster constructions is that I think what you can do in the best ball championship is draft, assuming like a component of your draft is gonna go perfect for the season. You know, okay. when we're drafting regular, like we know we're gonna get some injuries, breakouts, busts. But to win best ball, my idea is like, and this is why I like picking second, is to make a hyper fragile, you know, running back heavy team. Where I draft three running backs out of the gate, I draft four overall, and I only take four because you only have to start two. And I just assume these guys are RB1s, they stay healthy, and that lets me go absolutely nuts at receiver. You know, I can draft nine to ten receivers. If I only draft nine receivers, that leaves me some room to go three tight ends or three quarterbacks. I don't generally go three quarterbacks, but I think. You have some room to get flexible at your other positions if you just assume it goes right. Now you would never do this in a regular league because you don't need that kind of ceiling. You don't need to make like it's a big parlay bat, right? Like you're parlaying that three running backs stay healthy and are good. And that's right. In the, in the parlay. in the
0: cash games, in the cash games, I would just always do two. Jesus. I would I would do two six seven three a hundred percent of the time in the cash games.
1: I'm still like two seven seven two, but I, that might be stupid. You it might be three in then cash the, him. But the, the
0: four the four for forty four at like tight
1: end, right which is like kind of wild.
0: I was I was like, oh man, what if he goes to the second round?
1: Yeah, he he wasn't coming back. Um, but anyway, so I think that's one interesting build. I've also done some zero RB builds where normally, even if I'm doing zero RB, as I mentioned, I'll have seven receivers, but I'll go six and really focus on like staggering the bye weeks. So I might go six out of the gate and not draft one the rest of the way. So then that, and then I might if I do that too with like an elite stack. Like if I get a nuke team with Deshaun Watson, you know it's an expensive stack. I might take a really bad late second QB and just assume that. Watson I, I I
0: really is great. I really hate doing that. Like I I I really hate having.
1: We know all, Dink loves it.
0: Yeah, Dink Dink is all on board. I I I really do not enjoy the Mariota. Dalton, uh, I guess last year it was Tannehill. This year it's Derek Carr, like second quarterback.
1: But the idea is, you're assuming the stack is gonna crush for the season. You know what I mean? Like like that's the idea. Whereas you wouldn't just blindly make that assumption in a regular league, and and you can, you I think you can match and make some weird teams and get some constructions that other people aren't gonna have. And if you hit your assumption correctly you're set up to really smash because you've got so many outs at the other positions hypothetically just because you've devoted a lot more quantity to them than other teams are going to um and i i have found in like some people draft like these really stupid like five qb teams and i would never do anything like that but as i see those i do wonder like at what level of crazy is it too crazy versus like, should we be trying some like really weird things? So,
0: so I think like, I, I like, I, I, I'll i give credit. I, I saw a Draft Cheat draft a one quarterback, one tight end team the other day. So, we drafted Kyler Murray as the only quarterback and Travis Kelsey as the only tight end. And then the other 16 roster spots were all running backs and wide receivers. And like, you know, that team has like a, just an absolutely infinitesimal chance of winning the, the 12 man league. Right. But if that team somehow wins the 12 man league and gets through all the bye weeks don't you think that team probably projects like pretty well in the week 16 final? Like, not that, not that I think it's good, but the, like the median projection for having all those running backs and wide receivers has to improve if it somehow survives.
1: Yeah. I think what's hard, like, I just think you're, I don't know if you can give up, two bye weeks and have and abs- you're,
0: you're, you're locked in taking a zero however it's worth noting arizona and kansas city have the same bye week so he's 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 just forfeiting week 12
1: it, but it doesn't matter what week like how it's distributed
0: no no it does matter no think about why? that it does it does matter how it's distributed because why? instead of forfeiting a position at two weeks you're just forfeiting a position at one week
1: why does it matter what week it's just the total points isn't it
0: I believe it's, it's total points done on a weekly basis, though. Like, your score from every week adds up.
1: So, yeah, so, so it's not going to matter if you chop off 10 points two separate weeks or if you chop off 20 points one week.
0: You're not understanding what I'm saying?
1: No, I'm not. <laughs> Listen, we've got lots no. of communication. So, I, I, so, you, so to make the playoffs, it's your total points, like, weeks one through... Twelve. 12 right? Yeah. Yeah. So Okay. So, so
0: listen, listen to what I'm saying. Instead of, instead of sacrificing what, instead of sacrificing one week where you have, uh, like 90 points, you like, or you're giving up 20 points in one week instead of giving it up on two separate weeks. But what it basically, what it
1: means is, so what does it matter if maybe, you're giving up 20? Maybe I am wrong. Maybe I am you're wrong. Cause if you, you know, well, no, because I had the hat or something, but you don't get to throw out a week.
0: You're right. I, I think this still it's makes sense total. in my head somehow. I just am not verbalizing it right.
1: It'd be it would make sense in like a head-to-head league where you're just punting a week, but right. this it's your total points one through twelve. So it doesn't matter how you spread out the zeros you're taking two zeros whether you take them the same week or take them separate weeks you're getting a zero twice you're getting one zero at quarterback you're getting one zero at tight end
0: yeah because it wouldn't it would be like it it would be the difference in having a 120 point week and then a hundred point week so yeah i'm wrong i thought maybe it made more sense in my head
1: but i i don't think that i could like i saw that draft sheet strategy and I just went in mine I decided to do I feel like I shouldn't have because I had like some good options there but I decided to do the hyper fragile strategy so I went Barkley out of the second pick Melvin Gordon carry on Johnson um and then I'll probably take one guy and like round like hopefully to get like a Latavius Murray Lamar Miller type in round seven there
0: there is definitely some value in loading up like so if you're doing as many teams as you and I are I, I do think there's some value in just building up. Like, okay, I have 8% of teams with Leonard Fournette. I have 10% of teams with Todd Gurley. I have 6% of teams... Oh, with
1: I'm definitely Greenfield. not diversifying enough. I should be diversifying more when I do these teams. Because you want to, like... The idea, if you're doing this hyper-fragile strategy, one, you want an early pick. So you get one of the top five running backs. But yeah, you should be having, like, different parlays, right? Like, different combinations of the the three running backs out of the gate.
0: And, yeah. I, and I think you should but be taking like, on all the risk guys, too.
1: I... I I was going. I wouldn't go the one tight end, one quarterback as much as like I like getting nutty. I just think, I don't think you can sacrifice those points and like you have to make the finals, right? Like yeah, like then and all bets are off once you make the finals. So I feel like,
0: like I um, my take take would probably be. be if like a one quarterback, one tight end team did make the final, you'd have to, you'd have to make that team the favorite probably just from projections because all the quarterback projections are going to fall in one range. You assume if a one tight end team makes the final, that tight end is probably good. So that tight end's going to receive a good projection. And then the median projection for eight running backs and eight wide receivers is going to be greater than the median projection for five running backs and six wide receivers or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah
1: but, it, yeah, but it's not as big of a discrepancy as you just said. Like You, you just chopped off five running backs and receiving. Yeah, I
0: did. Uh, I, just, I just made that just to make my case sound a little bit better.
1: Yeah, I just, um, I guess it'll be interesting to see what the margins are on like the cut lines of like making the finals, I guess.
0: I mean, the most interesting thing is going to be which team that's pretty cheap in these things right now, like has the Chiefs year from last year. Like what if the what if the Raiders just smash? Like what if Josh Jacobs, Derek Carr, Tyrell Williams, Darren Waller, Antonio Brown, like what if all these guys just have like crazy yeah, years? No
1: one's going to be K like the KC thing there. I mean it's obviously everything's hindsight, but like you could see it happening. Like they were pretty good with Alex Smith there and they like I don't know. Well,
0: I mean you could make you could make it the Bears, you could make it the 2017 Rams or the 20
1: I mean I think the 2017 Bears. Rams I think the Bears are kind of interesting there. Um, well, I more mean that the Bears did it last year. The Bears were the Bears were
0: dirt okay. cheap last year, and Cohen, Trubisky, Taylor Gabriel all like way out. Like Taylor Gabriel probably went undrafted in best balls last year.
1: Oh man, do I just take all the injury risk with this team and take AJ Green? No, I'm, yeah. No, it's so AJ
0: Green. AJ Green since he's been injured, like I, I, I think I moved him to like. 85 overall in my rankings or something there i I, I, am drafting 30 year old hurt players that falls outside of the hyper like risk strategy that's just not but the
1: idea is that it's still aj freaking green and you know i'm drafting a ton of receivers that i'm not going to need him at all the first five weeks or whatever
0: yeah i mean he goes late now like you can get aj green quite late
1: yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna go lock in DJ Moore, because I just keep taking DJ Moore all the time.
0: Man, this Curtis Samuel wide receiver one season is gonna be like bitter. It's gonna be like bittersweet because I I like pounded him when he was going late, but I'm kind of backing off of him now. And it, it's keeping the all the Curtis Samuel hype is keeping DJ Moore at like a very reasonable ADP. DJ Moore's not rising at all.
1: Um. Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> wild. I feel like we need to get back on track, though, with the so hyper-fragile strategy. So I think my favorite is three running backs out of the gate, get a fourth running back in, like, round seven or eight, like, and a guy that you feel, I, I don't know, that running back I feel like could be a mix of, like, an upside guy like a Henderson-Miles Sanders or a pretty, like like, a hybrid guy like Lamar Miller or Latavius Murray. And then- so
0: something something I did the other day was I started a draft. Um, I think it was I think it was probably DJ because I think it was a later pick. I went DJ Gurley, Marlon Mack, Josh Jacobs, and then I just didn't take another running back the rest of the way because like exactly what you're saying, it's like a parlay, and if if one of those four running backs and your first four picks gets hurt in the best ball championship. You're probably not winning anyways. You're probably, like the yeah. fact of the matter yeah. is you're, if one of your, if one of your first four picks gets injured or misses a significant time, you're probably not winning the million dollars anyway.
1: Yeah, exactly. You're, and that's part of the, assume something breaks, right? Like that's the whole point behind fragile And you know, I would I, and again, like I want to go as nuts with it as draft sheet did, but it can be an expensive stack. It can be wide receivers out of the gate. I think you want to build like lopsided teams where you're super high quality in one area, but low on quantity in that area. And then you're super high quantity in another area.
0: Yeah. And you're spreading, you're spreading the risk to somewhere else. So what do you, what do you think about, this is something I've been trying to do is trying to create the expensive stacks so like Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers is not going to be a very common stack if that if like those two players have very good seasons. Because those are the 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 increased chance of a stack happening, it, it increases as the players get cheaper, right? So like DJ Moore, Cam Newton is a pretty reasonable snack. But like out of the out of all of these teams, what percentage of teams do you think that will be DeAndre Hopkins, Deshaun Watson stacks?
1: What percentage?
0: Like an insanely low percentage, right or or, I mean, or look?
1: I mean pretty low, and that's where I think I should probably be like forcing some weird things here and there, like it's hard to like in your mind take guys at spots where they're bad values they're
0: bad values
1: but yeah, as I'm doing more and more of these, in addition mm-hmm. to the hyper fragile constructions, just in terms of quantities at certain positions. But yeah, I start thinking as you kind of were noting, you know, I don't like Leonard Fournette at all. But should I have five percent Leonard Fournette? You know, yeah, you kind of have to, right? I mean, and should I take it a Luck stack with Hilton just get one of them in there? Even though I think it's really stupid to draft Andrew Luck where he's going, and that's where I think it's really interesting. And this strategy is a lot more complex as you make more teams than I initially thought, which was to just pound. the best values, same roster construction best. Like I always wanted to do upside stacks, but I wanted to do it within this same framework. And I just wanted to do it, you know, 25 times. And now it's kind of like, maybe you shouldn't do that same framework 25 times, even if you're mixing and matching the players. I mean, if
0: you're doing, if you're doing 25 teams, that's fine. If you're doing 150 teams, you should be doing. I'm not
1: doing it. I'm probably, I'm probably closer to 25, but I still think you should get a little wild.
0: You think you should get wild with 25 teams?
1: I mean, the idea is, is it a plus EV strategy or isn't it? You know, whether you're doing 25 or 100. I, I think the, I think...
0: It's not about the...
1: I guess I should split getting wild into two getting wild. I think getting wild in terms of, you know, should I be taking three Leonard Fournette teams that I hate if I'm only doing 25? You You'll know, probably not. Whereas I probably should if I'm doing it... Um,
0: yeah, like I'm more wild to get, I'm, I'm more apt to get wild in the five than I am in the 25 because I just won't have as many teams in the 25. But I like, I don't know.
1: But I just kind of, whenever I'm I bored, think, I draft. I think roster guys. construction wise, you should still get wild whether you're doing 25, or 150 teams. I think player diversity, I'm less likely to force diversity in players with 25 okay. teams versus 150. But like if a hyper fragile four running back, if we think that's a strategy that's worth trying, then that's a strategy that's worth trying. You know, regardless. Okay, I got it. I've taken
0: get, and also I like so you do get you do get some money back for winning your individual league. Like not all of like not all of the money is. Yeah. So like I I still want to have teams that win my 12 man league, right? Like I I'm not
1: I'm not I'm, not I'm the 20 the- I mean if you're entering these that's not- yeah i mean
0: well like last year my best roi was not in the cash games my best roi was actually in the five dollar last year i did better in that than i did in the cash games yeah that's fair which like i think probably is somewhat related to the fact that people are doing weird things in the bigger one that they're not doing in the cash games
1: yeah but yeah i still think you should be going weird um with some teams even if you're trending closer to 20 teams versus 150 i still think there's merit to it so the idea is a few teams that have insane upside if you know a certain assumption hits like that's how your best chance of winning a million dollars is going to be
0: so right now in this draft we're in we're through seventh rounds and i have two running backs and i have five wide receivers i could see with this team not taking another wide receiver and just and just limiting it with five
1: yeah. Like I, I kind of think well, that's you said You kind of started with uh kind of a normal like modified hybrid z- zero running. Like you went Elliot Chubb and then pounded receivers. You're kind of set up to kind of just do a normal team, I think.
0: I, and I actually find this happens I don't like, think like, ha- this happens happen- to me
1: a lot. Yeah, it happens to me a lot too. I went so I went Barkley, Gordon, carry on. Then I started pounding the receivers with Lockett, DJ Moore, Watkins. Then I went back to Latavius Murray as my fourth running back, kind of how I mentioned. So I'm going to stop at four running backs. Um, but I think yours, the problem is, you didn't draft that third running back to go hyper fragile for a running back team, and you didn't draft receivers. I see when, when I see fragile with the receivers. Yeah, which is it's, fine. It's, you don't have to do it, and it's not going to fall. Like I think it has to break right. Like I forced it a little bit. Like I probably would have gone, you know, Kittle Antonio Brown with Saquon Barkley, but I kind of wanted to force it for this podcast. I think it has to break right, and you don't have to do it every time. But if it does break right, like I think it's totally fine to try it. Your spot, I'd probably draft a pretty normal construction where you are.
0: Which, like, I was trying. I like this is how much of a chalk donkey, and like honestly, I've become such a slave to like our projections and stuff. Like, I I I really am just taking. Sort of the same guys over and over. Do you like actually? Before we we get out of here, I I do have some thoughts on that. Like, how much value is there in just like straight up just doing like going like two, three rounds off of ADP? Like, do you think that there's any value in just like getting like real weird just so that you can guarantee that other people don't have your team?
1: I was thinking about this the other day when people, when a few people tweeted out guys going in the first round that had no business going in the first round and I wouldn't do it there but I don't know I think ultimately what I decided is I think there's enough ways to get unique without doing that um well you know what are some of the expensive expensive stack with with Andrew law well just this hyper everything we've talked about whether it's forcing you know, some diversity with not or, or like an Andrew Luck Hilton stack, or it's doing hyper fragile strategy, whether it's with, you know, full zero running back, or it's with super heavy, robust running back. I'd rather do that. And like, I'd rather have a super weird four running back team that has very little floor because of the risk with the amount of running backs. than I would take, you know, a guy in round three that should go in round six.
0: I was I was just thinking I I can pretty much guarantee a unique team. I was like you start out Hopkins, then you go T. Y. Hilton, then you take whoever you want in the third round, then four or five, you go Watson. There
1: you know, I think there might be some merit in doing it.
0: Like 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 that doesn't go that far with ADP. When you
1: do it early, where Yeah, where it's gonna be a unique combo in the first two to three rounds, but none of them are like bad players.
0: Yeah, like so that's definitely different than going two rounds early on Derek Carr and Tyrell Williams just to get weird. Like, that's a very
1: different bunch of combinations at the turn one, two turn of Juju, Julio, and Odell. Like, maybe one of those I should pump in a Hilton. You know, that makes sense to me. You know, Evan's probably is paired with those guys less often, but still kind of enough. But Hilton, like, that might be unique. You know, Julio Hilton, you know, nobody else might have.
0: Yeah, that's probably – yeah, that's – okay. No, that actually is really interesting. Like, good players who just are, like – because really, how much, like, would you be incredibly shocked if T.Y. Hilton finishes, like, wide receiver five this year? It's not what our projections say, but I wouldn't be, like, utterly flabbergasted you know, and
1: he's also the guy that if you get into the finals, I mean, he's a guy that can go one fifty and two.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's very interesting. I, I like, I a lot like you, when we started doing this whole best ball thing and digging into the tools, I was not prepared for it to be like as interesting as it was. I kind of just thought it was like an exercise of like mindlessly drafting the best values over and over and over again. It's way bigger than that. It's way bigger than that because of the, the format.
1: Yeah, definitely. In ca-
0: in cash games it kind of is just mindlessly drafting the best values over and over again, but like that that's the same thing as DFS though. Oh, Leonie's about to make a pick. I I just made a bad pick. I didn't realize I was on the clock and I clicked the wrong dude. So, yeah, I, I will have it, I will have an un- I will have an unstacked Baker Mayfield on this team.
1: I'm like freaking out right now. I don't know who to pick.
0: At least, at least I won't end up with Dwayne Haskins as my second quarterback on this team, though, and that's that's what's really important.
1: Yeah, Dink piece. I talked about taking a bad second quarterback, but that was with a very specific strategy. Dink loves to do that way too often. We've been on him. We had an intervention.
0: He added it up. It's like it's like thirty percent of his teams have a a second quarterback that's like a dog to play. You love to see it. All right. Well, do you have anything else you'd like to talk about in terms of best ball strategy stuff?
1: No, I think that's it. I'd love to hear feedback from anyone listening. You know what their unique ways of building teams are. How are they? getting Yeah, it?
0: yeah. Let us know. We're, we've been talking a lot about best balls in the uh, the daily roto Slack because people are people are getting in. It is now like officially best ball season. It's time. So everyone, please make sure to check out the NFL 365 package on rotoexperts.com. If you want to dig into some of these tools, if you want to look at the projections, if you want to see the premium content that we've been putting out related to your best ball league and all of your weekly management leagues, head on over to rotoexperts.com and you can get 10% off of our NFL 365 package using the promo code MADIC.
1: Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart.